Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the Shonen Jump chapters on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. This week we read volume two of All You Need Is Kill, slash the second half, if you have my volume. Yep. And if you read this at midnight because your internet went out at midnight and we're trying to figure out where you left off last time and just kept going, oh, I'll just look up where volume... Oh, wait. Yeah. It was difficult. I reread volume one. That seems like a good way to read this story. Yeah. Although I feel the place where it's bisected is very interesting. Yes. We will get to that a little bit later, though, because first we have Shonen Jump to get through, starting with Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 34, Mash Burn Dead and the Survival of the Fittest. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? It's been a couple of days. I'm trying to remember exactly what (laughs) happened. That's why I asked you. Yep. He pulled out the coin and it was a cream puff. Yes, there was that. That was pretty funny. He had a cream puff in his thing. He's talking about how uh, Mashal is just an unusually clever rabbit. Yes. The survival of the fittest. And Mashal's like, wait, if you are the rabbit. He's like, oh, no, I didn't think of that. Yeah. And then oh, Mashal then he... suplexes him. <laughs> no, he does a pile driver. Oh, yeah. Su- a suplex is a pile driver. They're slightly different. Well, no, isn't the suplex, wouldn't that be Mash going backwards? Yeah, that's what he does, doesn't he? No, he gets his head in between his, like, I remember it. Kind of like the it was like the tombstone or something the, like that. The tombstone pile driver is the Undertaker's. Pile I know, driver. but it's that's basically what he does, where he flips the guy upside down, traps his head in between his legs, and then like in reality, you would just flip him upside down and drive his neck into the ground. Like that's a pile driver, and that's super lethal. The whole trapping the head between yeah, the legs is so that you, safe. So yeah, so you don't crack their neck. Yes, I thought he went over his back. I thought it was. A I don't think so. I think he flicked him. I think he flipped him around and just did a regular pile driver. Also, Mashal is able to enter Ultra Instinct, and that is how he is able to survive being turned into a puppet. Yeah. Because his body is moving without thinking. Yes. Which, again, makes sense with the amount of training that he does. Uh-huh. Like, that's part of part of the reason why he keeps breaking doors on accident, is he's just ridiculously strong. So he's like, yeah, my body just kind of went. And he explains his puppet magic only interferes between the body and the brain. Yep. It doesn't interfere with the body moving on its own and muscle memory and reactions. Yep. So yeah, so Mashal has just mastered Ultra Instinct. That's yes. why he's so powerful. I thought it was a pretty good chapter. No, yeah, I really liked it. I am not worried for Mashal, but I'm very curious to see where we'll go after this arc. I assume we have one or two chapters of Denouement after this. Yeah. But I'm really curious to see where it goes, because this arc didn't really grab me until the end of it. Yeah, it was kind of interesting at the start. I remember laughing at, like, the initial door joke. Yeah, I I like that. I like the setup for the arc, I suppose. Yeah. But once they actually got into, like, oh, we're committing to a shonen arc where we're going to have to fight. Yeah. I didn't like that early on. You'll remember I was pretty vocal about Mashal should stick to humor. And I think it has won me over with the shonen action. Mm -hmm. But it has to follow this up now with something. And yeah. I imagine we'll get some comedy chapters in between, and I'm hoping we will. Yeah. But I really don't know what it'll do next. Um, we'll see, but I'm super interested to keep going. Yeah, it's certainly a series that has improved greatly from that first chapter, where we were both like, there's no need for this. Yep. Anything else you want to say on Mashal? Nope. That brings us to My Hero Academia, number 287, Mistake. Now, I see, I won't ask you this time, so now I have to remember what happened in this one. I remember the ending. I like that. Yep. I remember most of it. It's basically All for One takes over, is like manifested himself in the realm, and... Uh, yeah, and his brother's like, hey, get out of here. Yeah, so him and 
floats. Nana user. Shimura. I wrote down yes, her Ken. name because I knew it would come up. Yeah, I was like, I forgot her first name. I remember she was Shimura. All, all for once. All for once. All Might's master. Yep. Are like, nah, Deku's cool. Yeah. He, he's like, this guy sucks. He's beating, he's going to lose the power. And they're like, nah, this guy's cool. He's yeah. so mad because you're an asshole. That's what we wanted. It wasn't just that. I really liked, he's like, you guys made a mistake in picking this weakling. Like, look at how, you know, he keeps getting angry. Like, that's that's his critical weakness, and that's why he'll never be able to beat me. And they were like, no, he doesn't get angry for himself. He gets angry for others. That's exactly what we needed. We also find out that All for One is haunted in his dreams by the people whose quirks he has stolen. Yes. And, like, this is just a thing that quirks have memory, which also is something that Nana suggested to All Might in the past. Yep. Uh, I just reread that chapter because I had a power outage and some volumes of my era academia in there to my bed. Gotcha. But yeah, um, so there was some cool quirk stuff in here. I really like how All for One was like, I'm basically the only person who's figured this out except for the all for or the one for all users because we're the only ones who have been transferring quirks. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, how would anyone else learn that quirks have memory? No one else gets their quirks transferred. It's kind of weird that no one else has had anything like this, but that's potential for future storytelling. It is. At the same time, it's also, I think it might be something along the lines of like the devil fruit kind of thing where it's like these two brothers were not the first, but one of the first and both of them still exist in a sense. So like it kind of makes sense that since one for all has been passing down his power and all for one has been hoarding it, they haven't like gone put their powers back into the gene pool, essentially, so it kind of makes sense that no one else has manifested these, because that's kind of how the quirks work. It's like a mixing of quirks. Also, we know that quirks are somewhat passed down genetically, Yeah, that it's fuzzy, and neither of them had kids. Yeah. And it would make sense to me that all for one, or that the quirks don't pass down if you pass them down and that person had a kid. Yeah. That it's somehow not genetic. That makes sense to me. It's not a coincidence I have a problem with. I just find it interesting now that we are highlighting Yes. These two people, and that, you know, they're from a while ago. Yep. I also, like I said, really like the ending, which is cut to, why can I not think of her name? Toga. Oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, and she's kind of musing on where heroes draw the line about who they save because they killed twice. And she's like, he was a person too. Didn't he need to be saved? And it's yep. like, I, I want to ask Deku and uh, Ochiko, my crushes, about this. Yep. And depending on their answer, that'll determine what I do, which I find very interesting. Because I wonder if she wants them to say, yeah, we would save you too, or if she wants them not to say that. Yeah, that was really nice. Although, was she talking about... I guess she was talking about twice. For whatever reason, the first guy that popped in my head was uh, the magnetic guy. Yeah. That died forever ago, but that was because... Overhaul killed him. Overhaul killed him, yep. No heroes were involved in that death. That's that's why I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, you're right. It was the thing with Twice. And again, while it was really Dobby who killed Twice, really. I mean, techni- Hawks was going to do it. Yes. All right. Anything else you want to say on My Hero, Kevin? Nope. That leads us to Chainsaw Man Chapter 88, Star Chainsaw, which is a pretty rad name. Mm-hmm. This entire chapter is a messy fight scene. Yep. Chainsaw Man gets shot into space and then he kills everyone, I think? I think. I, I thought he killed everyone last time. That was the one kind of cool thing I liked about that was he got shot into space. So he ripped Pochita from his chest and threw him or threw it, her, him, whatever, back into the atmosphere and then like regenerated around Pochita. Like it was like I removed my core 
threw that back onto the planet and then regenerated from the core. Because I, like, if I was, this is the only part of me that matters kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, most of this is messy fight scene where I'm just like, okay, I thought they died last time, but I guess they didn't. Maybe they didn't die this time. Maybe, yeah, maybe they didn't maybe die for, this time. Maybe for the next hundred chapters, it's going to be Chainsaw Man killing all these people. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think I, that's true. No, I don't want the next hundred chapters, but I could easily see narratively, like, he's literally, you know, fighting for years or, or something like that. Or even, like, one of them is like a repeat devil of some sort. Yeah. Or a time devil, and he has to keep doing it. I don't think that'll happen either, but... No, but I could see a narrative thing of, like, he's stuck fighting these things, not forever, but for an extremely long time, because it's just like, well, we can't kill him, he can't kill us, it's two immortals just beating the shit out of each other for eternity. Only there's, you know, like, nine of them, but... Yeah. It's an incredibly brief chapter to read mm -hmm. through, because of the action and how messy it is, so... Yeah. I think that's all I have to say on it. Yeah. That brings us to Dr. Stone, Z equals 169, risk or heart. What did you think of Dr. Stone this week, Kevin? That's pretty okay. It's just kind of more, like, explanation into the Corn City Alliance thing, really. Yeah, there's that weird Medusa bluff that I didn't, honestly, I didn't understand, like, what they were trying to do with it. I Yeah, I was confused because I thought they didn't have... Well, they the, could, the ring anymore. Didn't they give that to Zeno? They, they nailed it to the door. I can easily see that they got it back. In there. I get it. There yeah. Been a panel. But I'm not. I'm confused about what they were trying to do with it at this point, and how it scared Stanley off. And like Stanley gets it, but well, because the initial bluff was that yeah. they only had the one, but they were bluffing that they had more, and mm -hmm. that bluff never got found out at first, and so that's why Stanley avoided it. At, at first, because he's like, oh, no, that's that petrification thing. And then it was like, oh, wait, that was a bluff. You got me. Yeah, I, it just seemed really odd to me. Yes. In a story that's usually very good at storytelling. And now they're going to South America to see the origin of the Petra Beam. Yep. Okay, that should be exciting. Like I said, this has been a weird, underwhelming end to this story for me. A little bit. Especially when I was so excited. I am kind of excited that Dr. Zeno is with them now. I like that Do Senku is just gathering up all his enemies to yeah. science with him. Yeah, but. I honestly think it's it's been the Dana Ma that has been uninteresting, because like, I was excited all like all the way through the capture of Dr. Zeno. Yeah. And then it's just the Dana Ma is kind of like, eh. It seems premature, right? It did A not little seem bit. like that was the conclusion. Yes, they achieved their goal, but they yep. had to get out. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on Dr. Stone? We're moving through them quick this week, but nope. that leads us to Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 16, Her First. I liked Ayakashi Triangle this week. There was mm -hmm. some cool stuff in it. It did have that problem where, like, and here's an excuse to have lots of sexy bits. Yeah. Like, now just try on some sexy clothes. No reason. Yep. Also, why, why did it, you put a, a tickle tentacle device in your training dummy? Yeah. So so we, I could draw these I mean, she's a bits. Japanese girl. <laughs> I suppose. She can build the stuff for herself on her own time, though. Yes. But, I mean, it is her training dummy. True. Yeah. So, basically, it's just uh, exactly what you would expect. This person is the first per or the first person to say that they... She, she is the daughter of this ancient smith who made ninja tools. Yep. And the main character is the first person to be like, yeah, I want you to make my ninja tools. Yeah, because she was... At that point, she was just an apprentice. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a big deal that he was like, yeah, I want... Because she made his wind shurikens. 
she made, yeah, these shurikens that he can control with wind powers. And at first the artisan's apologizing and the kid's like, oh, wow, these are actually really cool. I want you to make all my stuff from now on. And that was like, that's a really big deal to her because normally you would have her father making all of this stuff. Like, even though she's apprenticing and she'd be helping out, like, he would be making everything. Mm. But the fact that Matsuri? Is that his, her name? I don't think that's right, and I didn't write it down. I know Suzu, I know the other character's name. I think it's Matsuri. Okay. Either way, the guy turned into a girl. Really liked her. So, you know, just a, a quick, basically what I expected, a quick conclusion to this arc. I hope the character sticks around and comes back. Mm-hmm. They do seem to be trying to build up a stable. Yes. And to Ayakashi Triangle's credit, I pretty much want all the characters to come back yeah. to see more of them. So that's good. I'm certainly still enjoying it, but not a lot from this chapter, I felt. No, not particularly. There's a little bit more hint on Suzu getting stronger and something about the first time Suzu tried putting her energy into the boy is like what disrupted his clothes yeah. the first time or something like that. So it was like, well, clearly she's closer to an Ayakashi than a human. A ninja. Well, a human, specifically. Like, yeah. So there's, like, hints on cooler stuff going on later. Yes. Which there has been for a while. Yeah. And I am super interested to get to that stuff. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't mind breathing in, taking so longer with some of these stories, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't mind rushing to that. We seem like we're in a weird middle ground, though. Yep. Ayakashi's edging you out, man. Yeah, well, usually I'm into that, but... <laughs> Next we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Depth 16, Umineko When It Rains. I found this to be a very strange chapter. What about you, Kevin? I really liked the... Like, it's strange from a hard-boiled cop and dolphin perspective of nothing has kind of been like this, really. But I really liked the kind of heartwarming... Heartwarming into sadness story of Chaco meeting with this sea cucumber, who she calls Umineko, because it's he looks like a sea cat. So that's the, the joke, is that... She essentially calls it sea cat, even though that umineko is actually the word for sea gull, something like that. Yeah, it's one of those puns that does not quite translate into English. Not quite, but I, like I understood where it was going from because I I was like, oh yeah, she's basically calling it sea cat, and it's like, well, no, the word for sea cat is seagull. Again, it's extremely hard to translate into English, and I don't know how to make an equivalent pun, but yeah. I at least understood where it was coming from. I think if there was an equivalent pun to make, the localization team would have done it. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it very odd, emotionally speaking, mm-hmm. that they went for that sad ending, or that sort of wistful, like, childhood memory of, like, I have this pet goldfish and it died, basically. Yeah. Only, you know, it's hard-boiled cop and dolphin, so a lot more mystical than that. Yeah. I just found it, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel at the end, I suppose. I'm, I'm like, was this supposed to be funny, or tragic, or just kind of, like, a sad childhood memory? I think it was supposed to be like a sad childhood memory. Like, this is really a Chaco story, and it's like more characterization for her. So, she had this cool sea cat friend that essentially ended up giving its life to save her, because basically what it would do is it could take on the illness of other people. So it kept just healing people, and then Chaco got sick at one point, and it tried to heal her, but it was like, it's just a cold, you just let it go, but it didn't, and so Chaco was sad. 
Yeah, I suppose it's just my efficiency thing of them even being like, yeah, it's just a cold, you'll be fine. And then it gives itself up for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that selflessness. It just felt me, let me feeling very odd, and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel, which left me feeling kind of nothing. Which is definitely you. not what the chapter is going for. Yeah, like I said, I, I really liked it. I really liked that kind of, like you said, sh- sad childhood memory thing. All right, last but not least, we have We Never Learn, question 177. Tomorrow Night's Pixie, part nine, which concludes the Konami story. Yep. What did you think of it, Kevin? I really liked it. I really liked the conclusion, especially the baby talk was hilarious. Like, the talk of them having a baby was hilarious. Yeah. My favorite bit was when his student that has a crush on him was like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, hey, quit flirting with my man. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like I said, I liked the awkward bringing up of the baby thing and the dad being like, yes! <laughs> I really like that it ends with him asking her to marry him. Yes. And it's kind of quick, but just because that's something that hasn't happened in any of the other stories, mm-hmm. and it felt really appropriate for this one. Yeah. I super, super enjoyed it, although the feeling I was left uh, overwhelmed with was like, oh, I hope the next one is good, too. Because this is probably my second favorite ending after the yep. original one. Yeah. Not even probably. There's kind of no contest. Yes. It's by far the closest. It might even be better, and it's just that it's been so long, and that one felt so natural. Mm-hmm. But, like, next we're going on the last one, and I'm in a bit of denial that we never learn is actually going to end this time, because the last time it was going to end, we got some overtime. Yeah, so like, quite a lot of overtime. So, so. Like, now we need the harem ending. Come on, ending six out of five. I, like, <laughs> and then listen. the little sister ending, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> And then he gets with some girl we've never met ending. Yep. And none of them like her, and they're always trying to do mean things to her. Yes. I would be fine with this, Jeremy. Look, I'm not... I'm not... I'm... I'm... I'm, I'm it's a joke, but I would also be fine with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just gotta hope for time travel boobs. That's the only thing I... I just yep. gotta pray real hard, send that energy to Japan, yep. and hope I'm rewarded with it. I mean, for me, it's there... It's three for four right now. And even the Fumino ending wasn't horrible in and of itself. It just wasn't as good as the first two or this now fourth one. I feel like it's the worst story and we never learned, to be honest with you. I think that's just because it's like a basic Fumino story. That goes on for nine parts. Yeah. So, like, I think that's part of the problem, but... Again, that's like comparing it to itself. What I meant is, like, the ending itself didn't make me go, ugh. It was more like, well, compared to everything else, it's just not as good, which does suck. And I'm not trying to say anything good. Well, I I am trying to say something good about it, but I'm not trying to negate the fact that it's definitely the worst ending so far. Yeah. But I'm not, like, apprehensive. Oh, I hope the next one's good. It's more like I, I want to see the next one. I think Kirisu is already the weirdest potential partner for him, right? Yeah. But also, she was the most popular girl in all the polls going through it. Yeah. And he seemed to focus on her quite a bit towards the end. Yeah. Even though it, it seems like the weirdest, like, from a strictly age standpoint, it's not... Because she's not that much older than them. There are tons of ways to do it. You can yep. go even further in the future than this one and have them be peers. Yeah. You can do time travel boobs and have them be the same age. Yeah. You can have it be a more platonic relationship that ends up being a romance in the final chapter. There are lots of ways you can go with it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think it's the hardest one to pull off. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes, but I am excited for it. A- and I like this one so much, I wouldn't mind another ten chapters of this. So. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on We Never Learned? Nope. All right, that will bring us into Jump Card. 
Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump this week, from our least favorite up to our favorite. We had 19 chapters this week, so what do you have at number 19, Kevin? High School Family. Yeah, it was bad. It yes. was just a poop joke. Yes. And it wasn't a good one. Nope. What do you have at number 18? I mean, Roboco at 18? Yeah. Uh, what happened to me at Roboco? I don't remember. Oh, it was all the rich, cute boys that... Are after Roboco. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the Bondo, like, following after Roboco's been acting weird. And it's like, oh yeah, she's going around town and made friends with everybody. And it's like that trope, essentially. I mean, it is a trope. I, like, actually, the first thing that comes to mind is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Yeah. Where the basically this exact thing happens, where Kobayashi follows Toru around because she's like where does she go and she like goes to the instead of the supermarket she goes to like the local market and is like friends with everybody there and she's like I like inner like this for this she says it's like this feels more like a bazaar like I don't like going to Walmart I like going to the local farmers market and like talking with all the vendors and meeting with all the people like this feels more like home to me Mm-hmm. And so she's like friends with everybody there. And so it's just Kobayashi kind of being like, oh, I I didn't think she was like this at all. And this is kind of the same thing that Bondo's going through, but not done well. Yeah. What do you have at 17? I have Gravity Boys at 17. Same. I actually liked parts of the Gravity Boys this I week. I did too. There's a big jump to be between me and Robico and Gravity Boys, yeah. I suppose. There are, there are some parts that were pretty funny, like the tentacle girl seductress falling for the boys instead because they were like well we recently read an article where uh you instead should not be massive horn dogs when trying to gain women and that ends up like working out better for you and it actually does but they think it's not working yeah that was pretty funny but yeah eh. what do you have at 16 i have more king at 16 okay i have undead on at 16 so Okay. No, I was just I was uh, wondering where a chapter went and then found it. I was like, oh god, did I like double up something again? No. So yeah, I had more king at sixteen. This was just kind of like we went to go find the rhinoceros beetle and he's at this really weird hidden lair, which is this giant gold statue, and they're going to do a raid of redemption to fight him. I was like, eh. I liked it a bit more, I suppose. I don't have it super high, mm-hmm. but I, I'm trying to remember why I put it higher. There must have been some jokes I liked, or I would not have put it so high. I just, Undead Unluck is, like I said, it's there. Yeah. It continues to shonen at me, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it went slightly higher for me, but not by much. What do you have at 15? I have Our Blood Oath at 15. Okay, I actually liked Our Blood Oath this week. Okay. I also thought it was a pretty weak week for Shonen Jump, but it felt like Our Blood Oath was putting pulling together a bunch of the stuff it's set up, and it's one-shot chapters yeah and doing something kind of interesting with it yeah i just kind of i don't know i haven't been super invested in it so i have phantom seer at 50 okay probably some of the reasons are blood oath i'm not super Mm -hmm. invested in it the pacing seemed weird and you know just some shonen stuff oh the sister's super powerful of course she is yep i'm kind of excited for next week but yeah not much this week what do you have at 14 phantom seer okay I have Chainsaw Man at 14. Okay. It was just a mess. Slightly interesting mess. Had some cool stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I added it at 13. Like I said, really the only thing I liked that about it was him ripping Pochita out of his chest and throwing it back and then regenerating off that. Like, all right, that's a really cool concept. Too bad it was stuck in this chapter. <laughs> I have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin at 13. Okay. Like I said, I was just left not sure what to feel, and I 
did not think it succeeded at whatever it was trying. Mm-hmm. So still, the attempt made it better than everything below it. Yep. What do you have at number 12? I have Undead and Luck at 12. Okay. That's where I have Mori King. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I like the sort of raid style, and I like that he has this super weird base. I guess. I don't know why I put it so high. I'm trying to remember details. There must have been some jokes I liked. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem with ranking it several days ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do you have at 11? Mission Yozakura at 11. Okay. I'm trying to remember why I put it so low. I mean, I have it a little high. Only slightly higher. Yep. Now I'm trying to remember what happened in it. I mean, nope. this is probably why it didn't go su- super high, is I can't even remember Tayo. what... Tayo. <laughs> I remember Tayo. Yeah. There oh, was... this was the... So this was slightly interesting. This was like the fan episode where... Oh, it... yeah. Like the, all the fan-created characters. Yeah. And like, like, like there were she's an American with huge tits who wears a bikini. Yep. I was like, I yeah. I sure, whatever. Some of the characters I liked, but like it was just that it's the fan created episode, so like not a whole lot of actual story stuff happened. So there were still some really cool fan created characters. Like I actually did kind of like the just the straight up naked man who like just conveniently had stuff placed in front of him. At, All like, the time. The guy from Emergency Exit Signs. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Like, the reason I liked the Naked Man wasn't just that he was naked, but it was like, it was almost more like a Zen thing of, like, uh, I am not bound by anything. <laughs> so I thought that was cool, but not much happened. This is, you know, just kind of not a. This is a side story. Like, basically nothing of note happened here. I did like the. Uh, they go to see the old lady, and it turns out she was the one running the test because she's she's like an ex spy. Mm-hmm. And Mitsumi's like, "Oh come on, you still got it." She's like, "No, my arthritis is killing me. Like, there's no way I could get back in the game." <laughs> I did like she's she said something along the lines of like, "I do like your husband, but I'm not going to acknowledge him until he can acknowledge the fact that I was a super spy standing right in front of him. Like, you need to be able to recognize I'm in a dangerous room right now because you know this person is uh, going to kill me." Yeah. Or at least has the ability to. I have Magi-chan at 11. I thought it was a sweet story with a dog, but it's also the manipulative dog story. Yes. The dog doesn't die at the end. No. It was more effective on me than the hard-boiled cop and dolphin story, Mm -hmm. I suppose. What do you have at 10? Dr. Stone. Gotcha. So, just kind of like wrapping up this state of mind of the Corn City thing, uh, nothing too amazing in it. Yeah. I have Mission Yuzakura family at 10. Okay. So, like I said, not much higher than you. Yep. What uh, do you have at number nine? I have Mago Chan at number nine. I, like you said, it was the manipulative dog story, but it was still a very well done manipulative dog story. So I was like, I yeah, I'm a sucker for the, the lost cute dog. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was good. It's like probably the highest I've ever rated Mago Chan. Yep. So can't take that away from it. I have Ayakashi Triangle at nine. Okay. And again, it just seemed like. Here are some naked girls. I'm like, cool. I do have DeviantArt, though. Mm-hmm. I have Black Clover at number eight. This is Black Clover's going interesting. I like the the devil being like, all devils are assholes. And Asta being like, no, you're not. And then it like he has this, the devil has the a flashback. Like, no, not a flashback. It'll prove I'm not a cool asshole. Yeah. But I kind of like the, like, it's still super tropey, but that. You are not, you know, yes, you're devils, but that doesn't mean you're all evil. Like, you know, not everyone has to be what they were born to be. Mm -hmm. Well, they do, but who you are is not determined by your birth. 
kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's Asta just being a shonen protagonist and being yeah. like, no, there's good in you. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm too cool for that. He's <laughs> like, how can you be happy I took your arm? He's like, well, that was the deal, so. Yeah. He was like, that was the deal, and you helped me out, so, like, I, I paid it. I have our blood oath at eight. Okay. Um, like I said, I feel like it was working up. Like, it was did a very good job of weaving the other stuff that's been introduced in past chapters mm-hmm. to create something going forward I'm way more interested in than anything it's done so far. Mm-hmm. Still didn't think it was great, but yeah. uh, like I said, I didn't think Shannon uh, Jump was super great this week. So what do you have at Lucky 7? I have Hell's Paradise at number 7. I really liked... Like, thinking on it, there's a lot of, like, downer sad stories in yes, this, this issue week. of... Yeah, this week. So this is May sacrificing herself, and uh, she creates an illusion of, like, oh, no, don't worry, I actually managed to, like, help you out and still live, and then it turns out it was an illusion, like, no, I sacrificed myself, yes, I'm sad that I don't get to talk with Ren, but, like, I need to help you guys out, so this is worth it. Mm-hmm. I have Dr. Stone at seven. Okay. It, it was very, eh. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number six? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at number six. I liked the, I believe I believe her name is Mahito, but I don't know. It had heavy Demon Slayer vibes. Yeah, I re- I enjoyed the chapter quite a bit. I put it higher. Uh, it's kind of weird to me that this it, I I'm this is, has to be coincidence to some degree that this coincides with her showing up in the anime. Yes, I think that is just coincidence. Like. There's no way, I mean, he probably has an idea of when the uh, anime was airing, but there's no way he had that amount of control over production, mm-hmm. uh, or, like, his schedule compared to production, especially with a COVID problem. Yeah. Like, But he probably knew what day it was starting. Yeah. So, he like, he might have had an idea, but, and we're also, I mean, yes, it does seem like she's dead, and that's totally the, but. That's definitely what we're supposed to believe, but yes. it could go other ways, but. It would feel a little weak if she she was not dead. Yes, it would. Although, certainly the door is open. You're right. Yeah. I just, and I like the the fact that the door is open. Like, all we see is her head snap back and a bit of blood spray out. And we will see the results of what happens next week. Mm -hmm. But, like you said. She at least lost an eye. Yeah. She is more than likely dead. And Jujutsu Kaisen has killed off... uh, one other character at this point so it's not like it's impossible that she's dead but i always like those ambiguous endings that make you think as opposed to like no we saw her corpse she's dead oh okay i have black clover at six okay it's generic shonen but it's at the peak of generic shonen right here so what do you have at number five i've had broke cup and dolphin at number five like i said i just i really liked the story of chaco with this umineko sea cat thing I just really liked it, and especially like the end where it's like, uh, anytime she went to the beach and heard the uh, crying of seagulls, she'd start kind of like looking around, hoping to meet him again one day. Mm-hmm. I have Mashal at number five. Okay. Strong ending. Good bits. The first chapter, honestly, on this ranking list that I really did enjoy. Mm-hmm. My top five are all pretty good. Just not as powerful as the stuff I put above it. I got you. I have Ayakashi Triangle at number four. I just, I I liked it. I like this character. The hints at some of the stuff going on is good. And I liked the background into the ninja and the this, like, apprentice-smith relationship. 
and how he was her first client. And at first I thought it was just like, you know, yeah, I got my journeyman badge and you were my first client. It's like, no, you literally basically gave like you becoming my client gave me my journeyman badge. Like, that's a big deal. Like, it has me leaning back towards, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? And one of the main characters, Wealth, is like an apprentice smith who has been making his own stuff. And Bell is like the first person who buys his stuff, so he gets really excited. But it this has this same kind of vibe, but it was like if Bell had literally walked into the smith shop and be like, you, I like your stuff. Like, I, I'm, I can't even make... Like, I'm not even allowed to make gear yet. I don't care. Make some for me. <laughs> I would Jujutsu Kaisen it for. Okay. I'm kind of surprised I have it higher than you, because I kind of thought that if I cared about this character in this series more, it could have been number one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had those strong Demon Slayer vibes in a very good way. Yes. I thought some other similar stories were more powerful this week, mm-hmm. but I thought it was very good. Yeah. What do you have at number three? I have Mashal at number three. Big fan of the pile driver at the end. Like, I feel like that, all of that action was drawn very well. And I did like the, uh, I'll just reach into your coat and grab your coin. And he pulls out a cream puff and Mash is like, oh no, my cream puff. And the, the one girl being like, has that just been in your coat this entire time? That's disgusting. I Phelps Paradise at three. Okay. Again, uh, just very similar to Kaisen. I just felt more from it. Yeah. The, the sort of fake-out bit is very good. It's very Hell's Paradise. Yeah. Yeah, very good. What do you have at number two? I have My Hero number two. Same. Yeah. Honestly, mostly for the Toga musing at the end for me, but the sort of building about how one for all and all for one work. Yeah, that's also good. good. But the, the Toga thing is definitely really good with her being like, I need to, I need to ask Deku and uh, Ochiko this question, and depending on what their answer is, will determine my actions. Yeah. So we never learned number one. Yeah. Super strong ending for this. The only problem with it is that it's the ending of this story. Yep. Yeah. So, again, I have been... I mean, I I still always like reading Shonen Jump, and I know why you say this is a weak issue. I do understand it, but for me, when I like a decent portion of the things, I'm happy. Like, I mean, I guess my top five means that the top quarter I thought was good. Yeah. And I even liked, you know, like, I liked stuff in Mission Yozakura and Magochan. So, like, I liked from 10 up to, actually, I, I rather liked Magochan. So, my top eight, I really rather liked. I mean, they had, there was a lot of sadness in a bunch of them, but. I mean, the sad chapters, with the exception of Hardboiled Cap and Dolphin, which I didn't think executed well on it, are, you know, in that top five that I really yeah. liked. Amagi-chan is less sad. It's more... It's got some sad beats in it. Yeah. But like I said, the dog doesn't die. No. No, it just turns out it was someone else's dog. It's like, that makes sense. But, so, I I still really liked a lot of stuff this week. All right. On that note, we read All You Need Is Kill Volume 2, and we will talk about it after the break. Wrong. 
So I know we discussed this when we first talked about All You Need Is Kill, but it's been a while. So have you seen the Tom Cruise movie? Yes. Okay. The ending of the Tom Cruise movie, even the first time I saw it, even before I knew it was based on something, always felt really weak to me. Mm-hmm. And that feels very Hollywood. Uh, it's Independence Day. There's a big mother brain. And if we destroy it, the day is saved. Yep. And I knew that the manga would have a more interesting ending. I didn't know what it would be. Yep. But I knew it would be more interesting. Weirdly, I feel like it goes too far the other direction. And it's kind of too bleak. A little bit. I think I like it more. I, I know I like it more of the yeah. two. Um, and I, I like the ambiguous nature of the very end. I suppose I'm talking about the climax. Really. Yeah. Yeah, the climax is definitely very bleak, but like you said, the ending itself is ambiguous with him being like, well, I've it's up to me now. Yeah. I think part of that is if you only read volume two, it really feels like it shifts to being about Rita right there. And I think it's an excellent place to break the volume. Yeah. Until the very end, obviously. Yeah. And that feels kind of weird snapping back to him, mm-hmm. even though he is a major character throughout the rest of the series. Yep. It, it is, like I said, a very interesting dynamic shift where the first bit is so much about him and the second half really is about Rita and their growing relationship. Well, I mean, even the if you're buying the digital versions, the covers yeah, uh, well, make that clear because he's on volume one and Rita's on volume two. And the, uh, the collected edition is reverse cover. So the the front is him and the back is is her. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at it like an English book, it looks like her. Yeah. That cover, which I thought was a good effect for publishing. Yeah. The only thing is, uh, you know, I know that you read manga backwards, but when they're both the cover, yeah, I, I would frequently pull that. I'm like, this is wrong. I'm reading it the right way. Yep. <laughs> so what did you think of the ending? I liked the ending. I yes, it is super bleak and kind of depressing but at the same time i liked the fact that he is kind of forced to realize i have to make sacrifices in order to win this war and even though this is the one sacrifice i didn't want to make i still have to do it yeah i suppose it's kind of a tragic ending i suppose my real problem with it is that it's actually not yeah there's no tragic flaw that leads to this ending it's just an awful circumstance yeah and it seems very manufactured. It's a fallout of this being primarily a sci-fi story and not really a character-driven story. Yeah. It's why I think these characters will not do super well on personality power level. No. At the end of the day, because the story is really about the weird sci-fi situation and these time-traveling aliens yeah. that are analogous to a computer server network. Yeah. Another thing the characters did creates the tragedy. And I really like the romance between the characters, but... At the same time, it also feels kind of quick and forced, and I wonder if that's better in the novel that this is based on. Totally possible, but also at the same time, he is, like, he is forcing the relationship himself, because he, she is not experiencing his loop. So, she's aware of the loops, but she's not been experiencing his loop, so he has a long relationship with her, and she has met him a day ago and like understands who he is. And that like makes him mean more to her. But even he realizes like she, you know, I met her yesterday. Like, yes, I went through 160 some odd yesterdays, but I only met her. Like she only met me yesterday. So at one point where he gets super depressed when he's thinking of like, well, yeah, of course 
it's going to be difficult. Do I want to continue this relationship where uh, I have to like it's that fifty first dates, yeah, thing where it's like I have to make you fall in love with me every day, which is probably both a challenge and sometimes extremely frustrating. Yeah, I just we, that's kind of where we stop getting his day count too. So yeah. I'm really unclear on how long he actually spent like in a romantic relationship with her because to me it doesn't seem like that long. And that's why I said I wonder if the novel is more clear on that. Yeah, um, it it might be they might have decided to kind of rush that along a little bit in the in the manga cuz like you said we don't know how much time he we don't know his final day count or cuz like we know it basically starts at 150 Nine, I think, is when yeah. she asked the question, how many loops have you been through? But we don't know how many times he's gone through it. Like in the Tom Cruise movie, he mentioned he's been doing basically doing this for an extremely long time, just trying to figure out how to save her. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of implied that here, too, except for that when he finds out that he can't because of the mechanics of how the aliens work, basically. They have a backup. And yep. the way that they've you know, been infected by it basically makes them both backups. Yeah. So only one of them can actually make it through. Yeah. So she challenges him to a duel basically. Yeah. But she's like, I knew you would win. And it's one of those things where like, she knew this immediate, basically immediately. And it took him until just then to realize it. So that's why he was like, Oh, that's why she'd been making a bunch of these comments during our time together. And like, it makes sense now, but it didn't make sense then. Which is why I think it's important that the story kind of rewinds right here in the middle to give her backstory and yep. kind of her experience with the loops and how she's not exactly suicidal, but she's tired of it and she's ready to kind of pass on this burden yeah. to someone else. I really like how she's like, I, uh, I only ever let myself experience a battle twice yep. and then I just move on. You know, the first time I figure out what I can do to save the most people. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I, as long, you know, as long as I don't die. Although it's basically implied that she stopped dying after, like, the first time she broke the loop. She mm -hmm. was so good. She never died in a battle before. Yeah. So it was like, unless something really goes horrible the second time, you know, at first I wanted to, like, I would form connections with people and save them. But I stopped doing that because it hurt too much. Yeah. To where the point where it was just like, it sucked that that guy died, but oh, well, I'm not going back. Yeah. And the ending also kind of implies that KG also kind of reaches that point where he can just survive the battle. Like, yep. he beats her. He is kind of implied to be better than her. Although he says it's more that he learned by watching her. So yeah. he knows exactly how she thinks it fights. Yeah. I And there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of exactly how much effort was she putting into it. Mm -hmm. But it also does make sense of, I you know, I'd been training by learning from you. Uh, you had been training by yourself so because i had been watching you i know your flaws whereas you don't know mine because you haven't been watching me mm -hmm. because you or I have not been part of my loops so yes while we work flawlessly together as a team that's because i can read you perfectly not that you can read me perfectly like it's you lead i follow is basically how their teamwork tends to work yeah he's like she'll want to do this she'll want to move here i can move here to help her out like it's really him being like i can just i'm completely compatible with you but i'm letting you lead and so it that's kind of why he wins is i know you'll do this in this situation and that's how i beat you mm -hmm. which was cool 
Yeah, it's a good final battle. Like I said, it's it's tragic, but it's not really because the mimics are nothing. They're just aliens from space that work in this cool sci-fi way. Yeah. To explore this sci-fi concept. And she doesn't have a tragic flaw. It's not nor does he. It's not a, a doomed romance, except yep. for by circumstance. Yeah. Which did leave kind of some stuff to be desired in me. Like I said, I like it more than the Tom Cruise movie, but I still think it has flaws enough that I understand why they wanted to air quotes fix it. Yeah. At least at least change it. Like I mean that's a super Hollywood like I said, yeah. they'd go full Hollywood to change that ending. But yeah. I also found this one to be, you know, sort of lacking, unfortunately. Although I am glad that we read it. Yeah. It was really cool. I'd compl- like I completely forgotten that were essentially meatballs and honestly would have liked the Hollywood movie. Like I realize it would be extremely campy, but I think it would have been funny if the mimics mimics were essentially meatballs with mouths. Yeah. Some of them kind of are. I, I see sort how of. you get that sort of interpretation to yeah. the Tom Cruise movie. Uh is there anything else you want to say about it? Because I kind of feel like I've said my bit. I, I like the romance between them well enough, but like I said, it feels rushed and like I would have liked more of it. Yeah. And the tragedy at the end, like I said, it's a tragedy of circumstance. And I don't know that this says anything about humanity, really, the way sci-fi is supposed to. I mean, it speculates on this weird invasion thing. Um, yeah. And it makes some comparisons to video games. It gets close. I certainly think the idea is interesting. I understand why it was adapted. Yeah. I like a lot of the sci-fi concepts, like the backup server with the weird mimic alpha thing and their time travel thing. And it's like, this is how the mimics are actually winning the war is they are just uh, repeating their battles over and over again until they learn how to win. Yeah. Which is one of those weird things of like, so how do they ever lose a battle? Like, when you think about it. Yeah. it, it Like, parts of it break down. Like, yeah. How do they ever lose if they can just go back and do it again? Or, you know, maybe they just get, they too have things that they consider acceptable. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Well, and there's also the the thing with, like, the headaches of, like, maybe there is actually a limit to, like, he's been repeating this one day over and over again, but maybe they can't do that all the time. Maybe there's, like, a cooldown period. Maybe there's only a couple alphas and they're engaging on so many fronts that the humans are winning where the alphas aren't. And it could be that the humans, by coincidence, have killed backups and then the main ones. Yeah. Before as well. Yeah, no. that's also totally possible that uh, that's how these two get their powers is by coincidence. It's not yeah. like they do it on purpose. They were like, oh, I managed to kill the alpha after she killed the backups because that she knew what she was doing. So she was killing the backups first and I managed to take out the alpha and that's how I got the power. Anything else you want to say on it? No. All right, that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank characters from manga from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto. That guy loves to time travel, but not the manga version. Mm-hmm. At the very bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center is Buggy the Clown from One Piece. Our... Only all you need is kill character is Keiji Kiria, who is at sixty eight, below Aaron Yeager. Would you still put him below Aaron, Kevin? No, no. You think above Aaron? Yeah. What about Speed of Sound Sonic? I would personally put him above uh, him, but you're more the One Punch Man guy than I am. I kind of liked. I'd put him above him. I'd liked the kind of 
especially in this is more the tragedy thing. Like, like you said, it's a tragedy of circumstance, but still how he dealt with it. Like he's dealing within the fight of like, Oh, Oh no, I, I have to like, what do you mean? We can't both make it out of it. There's gotta be something we can do. What about Genos from the same series? I like Genos more. I think I actually agree with you. Right below Genos, we have Duo Maxwell from the Gundam Wing Glory of the Losers manga. I think I put him above him. Sure. Okay. So he now moves to number 63. So Rita Vratoski, real name unknown, is the obvious other character to add, right? Mm-hmm. I think she's better than Keiji. Yeah. I think she's better than Genos as well. Yeah. Right above him, we have Yunagi from Flame of Rekka. I think he is better than her. Yep. Or she is better than her, rather. Yeah. What about Ichigo from Bleach? That's kind of hard. I don't know. What are you thinking? Because I got... I also agree that it's hard. That's why I, yep. I stopped here. I'm leaning towards above, but like, there's kind of more to Ichigo, but there's also kind of not. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think character is the strength of this. I no. also don't think character is the strength of anything Kube Taito has looked at. Yeah. Who's right above uh, Ichigo? Common Rider from Common Rider. Yeah, let's go above. Okay. How, what about Maka from Soul Eater? Soul Eater, because I would lean above, but again, you're the Soul Eater fan of the two of us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Maka more than Rita. Uh, what about Puck from Berserk? I think I like her more than Puck. Okay. That puts her at number 53, above Puck and below Maka. All right, since this is the first series for this podcast, we've actually finished. Is there mm-hmm. anyone else you want to add from this series? I kind of think, like I said, it's pretty light on character. I kind of think this is enough. But Yeah, I, there are technically a couple other characters, but uh, not really. Like it, The kind of nice thing about this is there are basically just the two. There are some supporting characters, but they don't get almost any characterization whatsoever. Now, that's probably different in the novel. It's hard to say because... A story like this is going to be so much in one character's head, right? Yeah. And you might have that isolation factor. I was just thinking the mechanic probably gets a lot more characterization in the novel. She is the closest to me thinking, hey, we should add her. But I don't know that I necessarily think. No. If we were going to add a third character, it would absolutely be her. Yeah, but I don't think we need to add her because she gets basically nothing in this. And obviously I haven't read the novel, but I'm assuming she gets a little bit more. There's probably a little bit more between her friendship with Rita in the novel that kind of got skipped over because it it's probably not really important. Like when you're a fan of something, especially in the light novel, they're like, how could they remove that thing? I, because I've read so many that have turned into anime, I kind of start understanding. I understand why they made the decision to cut this part or they made the decision to not, you know, not include all of this. Like it's not really important. It's kind of cool flavor things. And when you're running on, well, we can't have an entire episode devoted to this thing. Like, that would be silly. So I understand why they cut some of that stuff down. Yeah, well, speaking of characters we love and want to put on this list, we're reading Bakuman next week. Yep. Volume 11. I'm sure someone from there will sneak in. I'm not sure who right now. Yeah, you probably have a better idea because uh, you have have read it. They're pretty blurred together, though. Yeah. And, like, I tried to think of, who do we not have on the list that really needs to go on there right now? Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely a bunch of characters, and we'll, we've usually been picking ones that have a spotlight in the volume that we've been reading, because, like, there's a couple of characters on there that it's like, these guys seem really cool, we're holding off, like, uh, I think 
I'm trying to remember who we were talking about last time, but we were like, I want to, or it was the uh, editor-in-chief, where I was like, there's probably something more going on with him later, yeah. and that's when I would like to put him on. Miho is the only character that's like a major character that I feel like we don't have on, Yeah. so we'll have to see who is spotlighted next week. Yep. All right. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emeritt. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can find our Discord. Go at, uh, If you want to suggest manga for us to read in the new year, that's the place to do it. Or if you just want to chat about stuff, uh, be bone that One Piece keeps getting delayed. Yeah. Talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, the anime. I'm liking Anything it. Anything like that? Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? No, other than a couple of the shows on the new anime season have been pretty good. I'm still watching a couple first episodes to get my impressions on everything but i'm like i'm liking jujutsu kaisen i like this storyline in is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon so i i watched the first episode of that and really liked it all right Willie, we'll see you next week have a good one everybody Since sin